Welcome to Diplomacy, the podcast for communications in mergers and acquisitions, brought to you by Corporate Diplomat. With our guests, we will discuss how the financial, economic, political and social context can actually impact the value created by a transaction. My name is Louis de Schalmer, and I will be your host. So, Jody, tell us about uh, who you are, what you are, and the work you're doing. Hi, Louis and Tara. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm Jody Goulden from Org Design Works. And we are a consulting business helping organizations to design better ways of working so that they can have a greater impact. So we work with companies that need to make some kind of strategic change or cultural change. And that could include changes due to mergers, of course. Lately, we're doing a lot of work on helping companies to reduce bureaucracy and hierarchy in their ways of working. We're doing a lot of work on helping companies to be really competitive and to improve their capabilities in hybrid working. Yeah, so I'm glad to be here, Louis, having a conversation with you today. Excellent. When we're talking about organization design, is that something that is for small companies? Is that something that is specifically well suited for large companies? Can you give us a, a little scope there? Yeah, well, organization design is really about designing the elements of the organization so that they all fit together in support of a strategy. And that is relevant for every organization, right from, you know, the very first startup organization, when you are starting up a business, you are really starting to think about how are we going to get things done? And as soon as you have more people, and then you get to a hundred people and a thousand people, you have to change the way that you organize yourself in order to be effective. So as it happens, I tend to work with rather larger organizations of, you know, 10,000 or 50,000 or 100,000 people. But for at every stage of an organization, you need to think about and plan how you are going to design things. How do you get people to work together? How do you resolve conflict? Is that part of your tasks or part of your responsibility? This might bring us back into a little bit the situation when you have a merger or an integration. I think that's something that we were talking about about before. In an organization, after a merger, you have a situation where there are two companies coming together, the company that acquired and the company that is being acquired. And I, I'm sure that you have the same experience. What you very often see is that conflict is arising in this situation, that people, are, they have conflicting ideas about how things should be done. And especially in a quite stressful situation when people are really worried about how the merger will impact their role and how it will impact their future. And this can be a kind of, you know, like a, I guess, a bit of a perfect storm in terms of conflict and tension in an organization. And so one of the things behind that is, I mean, a lot of it's important to focus on supporting people through that change. But if you look behind the situation, you can see that there are some reasons why 
conflict has happened. Each of the companies that are involved in a merger are coming into the situation with a certain way of doing things, with a certain strategy and with certain strengths. And when you have a merger, you are always doing that with some kind of strategic intent. So there is always a strategic change that is behind. And if that is not very clearly communicated and clearly defined, then people will tend to try and maintain the activities that have been supporting their previously established strategy. They're going to stick with the things they've done before and even fight for the ways of doing it they've done before. And this will make it very hard you know, to go forward and to create really a kind of new way of doing things. Maybe I can give an example Mm -hmm. to make that more clear. So taking an example of an organization I've worked with where a company was acquired because it had really strong customer orientation. So their capabilities were in customer orientation. The acquiring company had very strong capabilities in efficiency and operational excellence. And that efficiency was based on having very smart and harmonized customer data and systems to manage the data. So what happened in this situation is the acquired company was very strong at working locally with their customers and having every site having their own way to do things for customers and their customers loved them. The acquiring company started off with a project called Customer Data Harmonization because they knew that the key to success was getting all this data clean and harmonized, and they pushed very hard for this. Well, you can imagine what happened next. Customers started to complain. There started to be customer delivery delays. All of the local salespeople from the acquired company blamed the headquarters for forcing them to make their customers jump through hoops. The headquarters blamed the local sales teams for doing all these workarounds all around the not following the processes that need to be followed. Now, who was right in that situation? It's not so clear because in both cases, they had a strong argument that the way they had done things in the past was key to their success. And so when you have a merger, you need to find a new strategy. You almost certainly need to revise and rebalance these strategic trade-offs and to realize that is never going to be easy. So, you know, one of the things, you know, one of the things that's really key in a merger is to be able to be really clear on what your strategy is and what you're trying to get to. And you probably won't have the solution of how to get there right at the beginning. But if you're able to communicate to people what that challenge is, then people have the chance to work together to try and solve it instead of being stuck in a conflict situation. It's kind of starting with the end in mind, basically. Exactly, yeah. How do you go about making a a, a good inventory? So what you explained is a different cultural approach, is a different mentalities, is uh, different behaviors. How can you create a sufficient inventory to start with? Because before being able to tell a story, you need to know what is the environment in which you are operating. That's a great question, Louis. Yeah. So what you are, you are usually seeing, what you are observing, different behaviors that are happening. But behaviors are always an outcome of something 
about the organization and the way it's working. So one of the, I think one of the useful things to think about is really having, I guess, making an inventory or an evaluation of the capabilities of the organization. And actually, if you're in a merger situation, that is very often being done before or during the merger as part of the due diligence, because what you are buying, if you're buying another company, is a certain set of capabilities, which you think will bring value. Or you think it will be valuable if you combine these two sets of capabilities together. So it's very important to to start out with an understanding of what those capabilities are and also an idea of how you will be more successful if you combine those things together. The challenge becomes how do you actually make that a reality, right? So if you just Mm. mush these two companies together, then it's not going to happen that magically you end up with a kind of best of both worlds solution. You're actually going to have to work through what does that mean for our systems and processes and how we organize ourselves. And if you go down on, on the ground, who should be doing this job? So where does organization design fit? Is it within HR? Is it within business development? Um, where do you fit uh, organization design? Well, one thing is where it typically does happen. And the other thing is, you know, maybe where it should happen. So that's a great question. So what, as we know, what typically happens is that an integration team or the management team is sitting behind closed doors and trying to figure out all of those solutions. And I think that is one of, maybe that's one of the biggest mistakes, you probably have a perspective on this from a communication point of view. But if you are a leader in a merger or an integration situation, and it's very tempting to say, okay, we don't know what all the solutions are yet. We don't know all the answers. So let's sit down together and figure out those answers so that we can communicate clearly to all the employees. Because you might think, I don't want to create uncertainty by talking about stuff that I don't know yet. So the alternative is, which is involving many employees to help shape the implementation, to help create the organization design, it can seem pretty daunting and pretty scary. But what I would like to argue, what I'm convinced of, is that if you can communicate the strategic dilemmas employees will understand the issues and they'll understand the trade-offs. And so if you present people with what are the challenges that need to be solved, then people will be able to come together, bring in their different perspectives and collaborate. And they will actually be able to generate even better solutions because they're the ones with the detailed knowledge of the processes. They're the ones who are close to the customers and so on. And so this is something which I think is one of the biggest challenges, but also one of the biggest potential payoffs when it comes to managing an integration. And an integration brings change. How do you assess or how much is fear an issue in organization design and how much does it interfere in a good integration? I guess, and and as, as someone who's experienced mergers and integrations from almost every angle, including 
you know, being an employee and being a leader in many times going through an integration. I think that fear, uncertainty and worry is a huge part of it. And I think it's inevitable. I don't think that we can make that go away. So you've got a whole lot of people who are experiencing this uncertainty and experiencing this feeling of, you know, what does this mean for me and for my job? And so, you know, if you're an integration leader, that can in itself seem pretty daunting, you know. So what should you do if you have to manage an integration? And everyone is probably telling you, well, the people issues, the people side of an integration is the most important and you should focus on that. But what does that mean? You know, what should you do? And if that's you, you do really have a role because you're probably someone who actually understands the strategy. Maybe you're someone who's very good at the numbers, who's very good at analyzing and understanding what's going on. And so a starting point for you is communicating that to other people in the organization. So communicate what you do know and don't be too afraid of the need to communicate what you don't know yet. Because at the beginning of a merger, or at the beginning of the integration process, there is no one single person who has all of the knowledge needed to solve the problems. No one has all the answers. But actually, you probably do have some important knowledge about the strategy that you can start to communicate with everyone else. And actually, if you're someone who doesn't have that information, you know, if you're coming from the HR or communication side and your strength is in understanding change management, understanding the impact on people, then I believe a first step should be to educate yourself on the basics of the strategy. So you should be able to answer the question about, you know, why is this merger beneficial to our company? What are the strategic trade-offs we need to make? And, you know, what are the challenges that we need to overcome? What are the milestones or the major steps that you go through when you walk your customers throughout a process? What is the beginning? What is the end? And what comes in between the two? If I take for an example, an integration situation, and let's imagine that the merger has already happened and you're ready to start the integration project. So what I think is, and we talked about this already, is the first step is to be really clear. What are the strengths and capabilities that each organization brings to the merger? What are the strategic benefits that the merger is expected to deliver? And what's the combination? What's the right combination of capabilities that are needed to realize these benefits? So the first step, I think, is really a strategic understanding. And from an organization design perspective, that then allows you to look at the operating model. So what we mean by the operating model is what is the way that we're going to organize ourselves to be able to achieve those strategic benefits that we want to get. And this is what I think many situations, this is just skipped over because people are very eager to get to the organization chart. <laughs> you know, <laughs> most people think, okay, well, what is it we're trying to get to? The first step is to write down the organization chart so that everyone knows 
where is their job in the new organization? And I can totally understand why people want to see the new organization chart. But it's this is where it's very important to look at the organization design and to design the organization, which means not the organization chart, that is kind of an outcome that you get to at the end of the process, but to design how we're going to work so we can leverage our capabilities better. So to maybe go back to the example that I mentioned right at the beginning, what do our sales and marketing teams need to do and therefore where should they be and who do they need to work with and what information do they need to have in order for us to be successful? And that's how you solve all those issues around are we having harmonizing our data and our processes or are we working, you know, really close with our customers on their sites doing whatever they want? If you can answer those questions, then you can write an organization chart. I think the operating model is really key. The other day I was reading again uh, one of those reports that reconfirmed that companies who have done more transactions are more likely to be successful. So the more transactions organization does, the more likely it is that those transactions are successful simply because they have developed an operating model where it is clear where different things go and where they have defined the way how decisions are taken, even if they haven't taken all of the decisions yet. So they haven't built yet the organizational chart. They know how to get there and what the steps are. And I think that helps people and reassures people. So I think that's an interesting, this operating model is really something that I believe is key. Really makes sense. Is there something you would want to add at this stage, which we haven't covered, which? Yeah, and I think Tara would ask us to talk about this as well, which is a little bit about, you know, in this whole situation, how do you reduce the uncertainty and stress? So we talked a little bit about fear, but I think that there's things that you can do as part of managing the process and indeed as part of managing the design. So the change management experts are always telling us that people accept change better when they're involved. But I really want to emphasize that I believe we need to go a step further than this because if you're communicating with your intention of, well, I want to get buy-in from people, then that's not really so convincing, right? So if you want to get the best change with people participating, then your intention needs to be inviting people to co-design the solutions. And that way you get to really leverage the diverse knowledge and skills of all the people in the organization. And this means you're going to actually have a much better solution than if just a few people in a closed room are designing the future. So I think for those organizations that are brave enough to invite more people and more voices into the room, they are the ones that are going to have the chance to have a really strong and successful solution. And the other thing that maybe we didn't talk about so much is that when people are experiencing stress and tension in a change process, there's a kind of important step of letting go. And that means, you know, letting go of a job that you love or letting go of working for a manager that you get on well with or letting go of being part of a team. And 
as a leader, you can often feel like it's your job to convince people of the positive side, you know, because, hey, don't focus on the negative, just focus on the positive. But really, I think sometimes you just need to do the exact opposite of that, and which is spend some time to acknowledge what people are losing in the situation. And the key to this is good listening. So, and I mean, you know this as well, the communication plan has to include more listening than telling. And, you know, you can do listening workshops or leader listening labs. So I think this is somehow, you know, listening is your secret superpower in this situation. That's why we have listening with two ears and only one mouth to talk, right? What can our listeners take out and, and your top best advice? Okay, top best advice from what we talked about. I think if you are part of an integration team, one is educate yourself on the strategic intentions of the merger. Two is design the organization, not the organization chart. And three is involve and leverage the diverse perspectives of employees. When you talk about involving diverse approach, does that mean that if I have a team of 10 people, I must allow for, say, three or four not to be as fast in making the change and as fast as to integrate the new dimensions and that I need to leave them more time or that I need to allow them to disagree? Is that what you mean? I would suggest that. If you allow people to disagree and if you listen carefully to them, that ultimately things will change faster than if you skip that step. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I agree. But very often we are in this mood that everybody has to understand. I sent the email on Monday. So now why don't they understand or why don't they follow? So some may follow, some may take more time, different explanations, because we believe that one email or one town hall fits all of our audience. And, and we all are in different emotional moods and thinking moods that do not allow us to make the same steps and the same progression or the same evolution at the same time. But that is not necessarily how most of our organizations operate. They want yeah. everybody to be on the same page at the same yeah, time. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and if I look at it really from a business perspective, the integration implementation project is going to happen, right? It's going to have timelines and things are going to move. Yeah. It's not waiting for everyone to get on board, right? Things are just going to happen. And in the end, it's about an investment, I think, is how much are you able to invest in communicating, including listening to people, including involving people in this in order to make that implementation more effective. So I, I would like to think of it as an investment. I love that one, Jody. I think when we first talked, you interviewed me. That's right. <laughs> so it's I, great to do it this way around. I would like to thank you for taking the time for our conversation. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for this discussion. I'm looking forward to um, sharing this and, and getting feedback. What is your last word after the investment? Listen. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Wonderful. Jody, have a great day. Thank you very much. You Bye -bye. too, Louis. Thank you so much. 
Bye bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Diplomacy. Please explore our website www.corporate-diplomat.com or our LinkedIn page. I hope you have enjoyed. Feel free to subscribe and hit the follow button. Have a great day.